and welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. Yeah, you know, just a little bit subdued. Christ is risen. He is indeed risen. So uh, we want to welcome you now to this part of our service once again as we'll have some time sharing the Word of God, and uh, especially this morning about a recent missions trip to Africa. So we're really thankful for you being here, and uh, it's my privilege to be able to be part of the service this morning and share with you from the Word and otherwise, and, and some others will be sharing. And once again, thanks to the leaders of Riverside for uh, allowing me to have this uh, privilege of being before you. It's a step of faith on their part to, uh, to let me stand up here and say something. And so last week we just really praised the Lord for the sharing time that, that we listened to. Uh, it was great time, wasn't it? Amen? amen. And, um, and we just want to say our own amen to that. I, I'd like to say that too just from last week. So many people shared appreciation for God's work at Riverside, in and through Riverside Family Church, and uh, Jan and I would say amen to that. We would agree. So uh, over three and a half years ago or so, uh, God closed some doors in our lives, and we ended up here at Riverside, and God opened up some doors. And I just like to think of Riverside as a, a church of open doors, and uh, I like that. And so we're just happy to be here. And uh, and just like we often talk about uh, just being a family of God, we're a family of God that is learning to love God better and to love one another better. Amen? And we're not perfect. We're, we're very broken in many ways. And uh, yet God's full of grace and compassion and truth. And we love him for that. Amen? And so that's, that's what we're here, the Church of the Open Door. And we hope that you feel the same way about these things. So we're going to be talking this morning about a recent trip to Africa that actually Jan and I did not go on. <laughs> we, we wanted to, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I just found out before the service that we have an opportunity that people in Uganda are, can watch on Facebook. And so we're going to stand in a moment, and we're going to turn around back to the sound, and we're going to have you stand and wave like that to the people of Uganda, okay? And just give your greetings to them. Ready? Are we ready on that, Christine? Okay, everybody stand up, look back there, and wave and say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So, so good. So we'll look forward to hearing back from them one of these days as well. So the title of our study this morning, uh, we've called The Pearl of Africa. The Pearl of Africa is the country of Uganda. And I've asked Jan to come and, and share a short selection of scripture from Psalm 96 there, if you have your Bible there. And one of the blessings for us in the past and going occasionally to Africa is that uh, Jan and I are able to go together. And it's a great blessing to me, and uh, I praise the Lord for that. And this time, uh, neither one of us were, was able to go together. And we both came down with COVID and got stuck at home together and, uh, and enjoyed that time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, uh, so Jan, would you read the scriptures for us? We had a lot of together time. All right, yes, let's look at Psalm 96, 1 through 4, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 7. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. And down to verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Maybe we could even say families of Riverside Church. (laughs) Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Amen. Amen. All God's people said. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, David. So uh, we're just really excited about what the Lord did on this trip, even though we were at home during the time of that. And uh, we just want to share with you this morning some highlights. So one of the things that God did uh, a while back as we were thinking about going, uh, we were looking for a, a woman who could help teach one of the courses in our women's side of the conference. And uh, we didn't have anybody, and uh, so the Lord, at that time I talked to Barb, and Barb was uh, ready and, and ready to go, and then the Lord closed the door on that one for Barb. And uh, so we were still praying about it, and then uh, just in sharing some prayer around here, all of a sudden God opened the door to two people, not just one person, but two people who were interested in going with us to Africa. So that was Kelly and Deborah. And uh, they, and so uh, we had more than one. So I talked to our director, Larry, and I said, what do you think about having two instead of one? And he said, that's terrific. And, and so we took uh, a second person with us, and that was Kelly. And uh, Deborah taught. And so they came back, and, and they had a great time, a powerful time. We have short testimonies from each of them. Kelly is not here physically in presence with us. We have a recorded testimony of Kelly's to share with you this morning. And then after that, then Deborah will come in person and share her testimony. Amen? So uh, let's just honor the Lord and, and see what Kelly... Hi, I'm Kelly Jarrett, and I just got back from Uganda on a mission trip with Leadership Vistas. And my role on the trip was kind of behind the scenes in an administrative role. So I was just there to support the teachers and um, everybody would, whatever they needed. So that included things like communicating with the hotel management, the hospitality and food staff, arranging drivers each day, um, planning the meals, uh, getting stuff printed, going to town and getting supplies if we ran out of anything. Uh, and just supporting the teachers and the, the participants with whatever they needed. Um, one of the other things I did was run like a, a reading glasses clinic. And so we brought some reading glasses there and um, helped assess whether or not they needed reading glasses and what prescription. And majority of participants did need reading glasses and they were very, very happy to have those. And I think that really helped the rest of the conference so that they could read their Bibles and their study materials. Um, And so those were some of my day-to-day responsibilities for the conference and the trip in general. Um, I think 
because I had more of a flexible role and I wasn't teaching and I was running around to town and talking to the hotel staff, I got to meet a lot of local people that live right there in Kabali and as well as the pastors and the pastor's wives. So I was very um, blessed to get to meet so many people and form so many friendships. I spent a good deal of time talking to the, the hotel staff at both the hotel we were staying at and the hotel conference center where the conference was. And um, one of the hotel staff, his name was Jared, he was a waiter. Um, whenever we had dinner each night, he was our main waiter. And um, I became really good friends with him and his wife over the trip. They, um, they just recently had their first baby, um, but she was pregnant while we were there in Uganda. And um, he was worried about her. She was having some complications and was on bed rest in the hospital. And uh, so we had the opportunity as a team to just pray with him um, for, for Dora, that's his wife, and for his unborn baby, and just be there to offer support and encouragement and advice to him. And um, as the week went on, Dora did have her baby, little baby Trevor, and um, he was healthy, but Dora was still staying in the hospital. So I was able to continue to pray for that family with Jared and just encourage him until he was able to bring his wife home. And um, he was able to send me pictures of Dora and Trevor. Um, and uh, I have continued to have a relationship with both of them after coming home to the United States last week. And they had asked me to be the godmother for baby Trevor. And so that's really sweet. And I'm really excited for that and that continued relationship. And um, they just really felt that God had put me in their life at a time when they needed um, encouragement and support. And so I, I'm very happy to be able to continue this and pour into them and encourage them and mentor them as they raise Trevor. Um, and I think I was able to just make some other friendships like that that I've continued um, since coming home. And I hope to be able to go back maybe next year if it's in God's plan to be able to continue developing these friendships and continue to work with the local pastors and pastors' wives over in Uganda. And then on our day off, uh, we were lucky enough to be able to go on a water safari, but we also went to go visit a past LVIM graduate, and he's running a church and planting churches, but he's also running an orphanage. And so we were able as a team to go visit um, the orphans and just encourage Jeremiah and the work that he's doing. And I also have had continued um, communication with him. And as a matter of fact, just a couple days ago, I FaceTimed with my children and the children in the orphanage. And Reagan has actually kind of hooked up and became friends with a little girl, Daphne, who's about her age in the orphanage. And they've been sending pictures back and forth. And um, you know, they just really feel encouraged to know that we're thinking about them and that we love them and care about them and that we're praying for them, even though we can't be there with them, just to know that there's people here thinking and praying for them is so important to them. And so that's just another way that we were encouraged and blessed and a thing that we can continue to do to support them now that we're back home. Amen, right? Amen? Yeah. Amen. So, Deborah. So, Kelly had a great time. 
And uh, she's told me that she and Ryan are ready to move over there. <laughs> and uh, she's all ready to go back. So it was a great blessing, a great blessing that the Lord had her there at exactly the right time doing the right thing, as also with Deborah. So Deborah, would you share as well? Sure. So I don't have very much time, I'm told, so it's going to go fast here. Um, I was... Uh, tasked with teaching spiritual warfare like five weeks before the conference and finishing our Bible studies here and everything. It's been a very, very busy time even coming back now and um, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm not ready to go back yet because Paul and I have been called to minister to you guys here and um, so that was just an extra bonus to get to go to Uganda. Um, so I... When I got there, it was amazing how much the ladies that I was teach that I were teach was teaching, they were so um, just sad to to miss um, Jan because she had been their teacher for several years, and um, they're like, "Who is this person?" <laughs> and I showed them pictures, you know, like this is Dave and Jan. You remember them? Yes, I remember them. And then I showed them this picture, and they're like, "Wait." you know Dave and Jan? <laughs> and so that, that kind of got things off um, to a better start. Um, that was really helpful. Then we had, um, it was supposed to be a group of six of us with Dave and Jan and two other men and Kelly and myself. And um, because there ended up only being four of us. So uh, you see on the left, that is Patrick Foss and then um, myself and then Todd Burrow and Kelly. and. Um, both Patrick and Todd were excellent teachers for the men and um, just highly uh, valued for, for those men to learn from them. And um, you probably recognize Todd Burrow there in the middle as we're crossing over into the, um, the country of Uganda from Rwanda. Um, he came and spoke at um, Pastor Dan's um, installation service here. So he's been great friends with the Boyer's family for, for many years. Um, so that was, that was a really neat experience to, to be with him there. Um, I can say I went into this with great fear and trepidation because this is not my thing to speak in front of a, a large crowd and I'm in a Bible study with you know, a small group of ladies and we thoroughly enjoy the interaction back and forth. So um, I, I was not uh, really prepared thinking about what was, was coming up. Um, but I can say, you know, just turning to the Lord, and he did immeasurably more than all I asked or imagined, which is just amazing. Um, and I'm going to show you what it looks like a little bit. This is the Ugandan countryside. Um, it's very hilly there, and we were at 6,200 feet. It was um, actually a little chilly in the morning, and then it would warm up very nicely. Uh, let's see. And then um, we got to go. We got to go on the water safari and, um, uh, let me see, I'm not going to let that go through. Um, we got to go on the water safari and go visit the orphanage up in Kasese, which is about three hours north of where we were staying. And um, it, it was an incredible journey that we were taking, uh, just, you know, American tourists, basically. And um, this was after all the teaching was done. Um, we were driving along and there's something wrong with the van. <laughs> and we come to find out that this is what our brakes look like. 
And um, so we needed a brake job. So our drivers, being Ugandan um, natives, they were just in the middle of nowhere. We stopped at the next town. We pulled in between two buildings into this area right here. And that's our van. It's being serviced. This is a regular auto garage. <laughs> and um, you'll be impressed with their ramps, <laughs> as well as the, there were um, just stumps used to hold the vehicle in place. Um, so you use what is available. And um, we, of course, we're paying our driver for all the expenses to, to get up there. And so we were going to pay for the brake job as well. And, I was shocked to find out it was $14 US, which included parts and labor. And it was like, <laughs> and there was no waiting for the appointment either. <laughs> um, so that was the ninth day out of 12 of being in Uganda. And my first eight days, um, you know, I was pre prepared for my spiritual warfare class. Um, and with Jan not being able to teach suddenly and not being able to attend, then I was also given the, the class on Christian home and family. And so immediately it was like all my waking time, <laughs> free time was spent studying and preparing for that class, trying to make it interesting rather than just reading what's on the list here. Um, <laughs> and, and just working with that. but. But this ninth day was a lot of fun. And I see I missed another fun thing about Uganda. Just driving down the road. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Any <Isn't he> beautiful? <laughs> so um, you, you notice we passed him up here and then we stopped because they will actually charge the vehicle and can push it off the road. So we are parked beyond him so that we can continue on driving if we need to. <laughs> if he charges. And then um, this particular, oops, it's not advancing, sorry. This particular video, um, this is just driving in traffic in most of the cities. There's pedestrians and bicycles, and notice this bicycle right there. You see what they're carrying? They carry all kinds of things, but this one is carrying a dead chicken. <laughs> That's the only dead chicken I saw, and it is dinner for t that night, I am very sure, because they have no refrigeration. So um, that, that was another fun little thing, to, and you, things you don't see these days here. <laughs> yeah. So what I learned in, in going is that God does not waste anything in our lives, and especially teaching the, the Christian home and family class. Um, he, he has put me through so many things in learning to submit to my husband in marriage. Not that it's difficult at all, but learning to submit to my husband in marriage, learning to properly parent my children and to, to teach them about Jesus. Um, every time I've had to um, you know, stand on God's truth, every time I've had to confess for things that I've failed or... Um, you know, just ask for forgiveness and make changes. All of those things God has used, all of those experiences over the years so that um, I was prepared to teach the Christian home and family class in particular, you know, just at the spur of the moment. So just know he's using your life and pay attention. <laughs> um, and I can say over and over again that I know um, from Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living and active and powerful and when you go over there, or you just go in, you know, out in this 
this world, anywhere. You see how God's word it applies in every situation, in every time, in every culture, every age that a person is live, living in. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, let's see. So I was able to challenge those ladies um, to not only learn these principles that we're, we're teaching, but just encourage them, you know, Teach the other ladies that you're with. Teach your children. Um, encourage your husbands to be godly men. Encourage your sons to, to live up to God's standards and to invest in it. Um, as I was teaching, I had uh, a translator, but there were three different translators available. And one would translate purely into another language. One would translate into two languages. So I'd have to re like remember where I was as I'm going along and not lose my place. And the, the third one would translate some, but then throw in um, words of the uh, a second language. Um, <clears throat> at the very end, we had a, a, um, a test that we gave them for the first time. We gave them tests to figure out what. And one of the questions that I came up with, true, false, um, that um, my husband is to, the husband must be the dictator of the wife and children. And I was shocked to see that more than a third of my class put true. And I'm like, what happened? And then I kind of realized it might have been just a translation issue because they have a president over there that was elected in 86, I believe. He um, got rid of term limits, so he is basically a lifetime president now. Um, he. He also got rid of uh, the right to peacefully assemble, and so they're kind of creative in the way they do that. Um, and so because of that, they, they live under a dictator, and I think it was just a translation issue because the husband is not to be the dictator of the family. And, um, and then in my spiritual warfare class, although I was teaching in English with a translation, I greatly desired for the ladies to be able to take their own Bible, their precious Bible, in whatever language they have, and to read Ephesians 6, 12 through 18 in their language and to connect what the teaching was to that. So, um, so I first taught them about um, the, the armor of God and um, taught them about truth, and they were to say it in their own language, and righteousness, which obeying God's word, and peace and um, faith, with those flaming arrows, and salvation, and the word of God, and prayer. And then we threw in um, alertness and perseverance, because that's part of the Bible verse as well. And I would start in the morning, start in the morning, um, or the day's teaching for spiritual warfare, uh, with that, those verses. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after, after having done everything to stand. And so they, this was being translated and it takes a long time. <laughs> so stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the gospel, with the, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So. As we're saying this, as we're going through these verses, they are doing each one of the, the motions and they're repeating their word, truth, righteousness, and peace in their language. So, um, <laughs> so as we're going through, um, 
there were four days of teaching. The third day, then, I had somebody in the Luganjo language bring up her Bible, and she read these verses. So, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, the shield of faith with which you are able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And... So she was reading this in Luganjo language, and I had another lady standing there doing the motions at the right time for the rest of us that didn't know what was going on. <laughs> then we could, we could track along and do the motions with it. And um, then the la the, at the end of that class, I had another lady come up in the Oturo language, and she read through the whole thing, and um, and, in addition, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, there it is. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests, prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So this was Oturo with an Oturo person doing the motions. The very, very last class, the very last moments of the class, I asked for a lady to come up and do it in Swahili. She read the whole thing in Swahili, and another lady is doing the motions, and we all are following in our languages, and it went longer, and I'm like, just listening and waiting, and they're like, just nodding, like, it's okay, and I'm like, it's going longer, what's going on? And I, I asked my translator, could you tell me what's going on? And the lady, the lady that was speaking Swahili said, said these verses, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So she was so thankful for everything that she had learned in Ephesians 6, 12 through 18, that she included 19 and 20, because those were personally applied to all of us, that we are in chains in the bondage of this world, but we are free in Christ, and we, we are to live these things out. Um, so God truly did immeasurably more than all I ask and imagine, and I just praise him. <laughs> Um, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all, throughout all generations forever and ever. Throughout all generations, throughout all nations, throughout all peoples, all culture, all time, <laughs> forever and ever. just want to say I am so grateful for what God has done through Deborah, the way he has used her, and what a blessing she was for those ladies. I had the blessing of preparing, but you know what? Um, I'm just so glad that, that uh, she was the one that was able to present this to the ladies. And Anyway, very missed. <laughs> very missed. <laughs> a little gift for you. Thank you. Do I need to get it now? You can look at it now. Uh -oh. if, if we were in Uganda, <laughs> they, would, they would give you a gift, and then they would open it for you so you could see it right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, this is beautiful. Like, already I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> 
kind of yeah. what I have on, but in red. <laughs> yes, I love it. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
and large-hearted David, as you remember the story in the Old Testament, David is rejoicing and dancing before the ark. You remember that story? And he's getting carried away with worshiping God at this. And so this song, this psalm, this song is one and indivisible, Spurgeon says, a garment of praise without seam woven from top to bottom. I love that. And it's talking about God's salvation. God's salvation is his glory. And the word of the gospel glorifies God. Amen? And this gospel then, the psalmist said, should be published far and wide until the remotest of all the nations of the earth know about it and obey it. And so praise the Lord for this psalm. Spurgeon says the gospel is a mass of wonders. <laughs> its history, he writes, is full of wonders. And it is in itself far more marvelous than miracles themselves. It is the gospel. So hallelujah for that, right? All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Psalm 96. So Here's a question just to get us rolling here. How would you like it? How would you feel if all of a sudden in your life God opened up a new door, a door of great adventure and a door of everlasting significance? How would you like that? And maybe he's already done that. Or maybe he's doing that this morning. Or maybe, you know, Next week, I don't, I don't know what God's plan is, but how would we like it and how would we respond? Amen? So the title of this little, this section is The Pearl of Africa is Uganda. And, and that came from, actually, it came from Winston Churchill, that phrase. Because he went to Uganda, he came back and he said, Uganda is the pearl of Africa. It's beautiful in nature and color and, and climate and everything and and." Winston Churchill was just blown away with Uganda. And so that's where that phrase came from. And I think many of us who go there, and Linda has been there also, it's, it, it truly is the case for Uganda, the pearl of Africa. So, amen? Makes sense? So when I go through, I, I want to just zip through a few things that are, are basic things. But I have some pictures also to share with you because this is a missionary sermon, Right? And how many of you love missionary sermons and messages? Okay, all of you go on that side. <laughs> the rest of you. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how, how the Lord does for us here. These are just some pictures of other trips that we've had. And uh, if I can see some of that. And, uh, oh, sorry, that's the wine. Yeah, that, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's Deborah's class. Okay. Okay. Very colorful dresses, right? Okay. That's okay. So um, that's an old picture of Jan and I over there. Just wanted to make sure you knew we were, actually were there one time, and that was there. And then, as Deborah also pointed out, the scenery is gorgeous. That's from a high, elevated place out on one of the cities that's there. And you can just look out from the patio and see that. And um, okay, is this supposed to be going there? 
And that one's a little dark. I know it's hard to see, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. And one time when I was there, I saw this native woman out there, and she looked a little familiar. And so she's coming here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I think her name is Annie Oakley or something like that. <laughs> we got there a little early one time, and we were able to go horseback riding. And so we had a fun time with that. And so the Pearl of Africa. So, so let me back, back up just for a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, Jan and I were planning to go, of course, and, and up until the last minute, and as you probably, most of you probably are aware, we got COVID, both of us got COVID, like the day before the day that we were leaving and I got, came down with it the very, almost the very time that I was scheduled to leave. And so God shut the door on us going on this trip. And uh, it was really disappointing. And, and we were really bummed out. And I'm still trying to understand what God's purposes were and his will and praying about it. But it, it is interesting to me to talk with some of the team members and to think about it. But uh, sort of where I am right now on that in thinking about it is that uh, we felt on this particular trip that the spiritual warfare that we encountered on this trip uh, was more intense and worse than any of our prior trips. And I don't know, I don't understand all that, and I'm not being dogmatic about that. I'm just saying that that's sort of my thought at this time. And, and so uh, for one thing, we were teaching courses on spiritual warfare, two of them, one to men and one to women. So we've not done that before. We've often taught one, but not two. So that, that was part of it. But I could go through many things in talking with different people of things that happened. And so I'm pretty convinced that uh, overall that we took a gut punch on this trip. So you know that God has a plan. God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Amen? Amen. You know that Satan hates you, and he has a horrible plan for your life. Amen? And we know that God is sovereign, that he is in control, even of the devil. So God can take what the devil intends for bad, and he can flip it, and he can bring good out of it. And that's definitely what God did on this trip. He, he brought forth a great victory out of it. And, um, and I think even more things we'll see from that in the future. Does this make sense? So if you ever play checkers, you, any of you a checker player, you might remember, you know, you play checkers, and one of the things you can do if you're playing checkers is you can sacrifice one of your checkers. So if you put your checker out there and, and it's a sacrifice, the other person has to take it. And so when he takes your piece, then if you're smart, you know, you have this plan, then you jump. You take his piece and then boom, 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 clear across the board and say, king me. Have you ever done that? That's checkers. I think that's how Satan and God operate. So God lets Satan do certain things. And he sacrifices some things. But Satan thinks he's winning the game. And what God does is he turns around and he jumps it. And, we, and then God goes on and on and on. And he does great things as a result. Amen? And so I don't know all the answers to that, and, and you can think about this and pray about it, but, but I think that any time that we really expose the devil 
and we, we do things like this and teach against him, that we can expect opposition. It may even have gone back to, you know, Barb not being able to go with us. I don't, I don't know about all of that. But there were things at play there. But God was victorious. And we want to praise him for that today, right? Amen. So can you say praise the Lord for that? Praise yeah, praise God for that. So um, that, that's sort of the background on that. What I'd like to do is just for the remainder time here, which is very short now, Paul. <laughs> I'm just going to quit right now. <laughs> Who said that out? <laughs> so let me, let me share a few things and a few more pictures. Are you okay with that? Yes. And, and then we'll go on. Uh, because we had some really strong convictions about these trips to Uganda, really strong, and and they're basic things, but I'd like to share them and let God speak to us, because our prayer is is that even this morning, that there are some of us here that maybe God is wanting to speak to personally about some of these things, and I don't know who you are, but God knows who you are, and so we want to do that, so just a, a couple of things here, so one of the first things that we wanted that is a conviction to us is this whole idea about leaders. So we believe training pastors and ministry leaders is a power goal of world missions. So 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to do what? To teach others. So leaders... Leaders are so important. And so this is a conviction that, that we really have that is so important for us. And we believe that God is working through that. In order to fulfill the Great Commission, leadership is crucial in some of these nations. And so many missions ministries are involved in evangelism, and praise God for that. And many missions ministries are involved in compassion Ministries And praise God for that. And many missions are involved in, in church growth. Praise the Lord for these things. Amen? But not as many missions are involved in leadership development. And so we are. That's one of the callings. And one of the things behind that is we believe that if God can get hold of a pastor's heart, then God can transform a church. And if God can transform a church... God can awaken a whole country. And that is exactly exactly what has happened in Uganda. Exactly that thing. And so God is at work. There are 20,000 people, we're told, 20,000 people a day coming to Christ in Africa, in the continent. 20,000. The crying need over there is for leaders is for leaders who can be trained. And so we just have this privilege and this honor to be involved with men and women who are leading different kinds of ministries, and they're hungry, hungry to be trained for God. And, and we praise the Lord for that. You know, and so we, we go over there, and we, and we do this thing. And, and I really have to, I honestly confess, when I go, I learn more from those brothers and sisters 
than I ever teach them. I learn more. It changes me. And so praise the Lord for that. So does this make sense? So on and on. So Deborah taught Jan's course. So that was like, you know, teaching two courses. I don't know how many hours a week that was. That's like, these are nine hour a week courses. So she taught two. My friend taught mine. And he had to do the same thing. It's an enormous challenge. And yet God was faithful to get it done. So we, we just praise him for that. So um, some more pictures here. Uh, here's, here's a young couple there, a uh, pastor and his wife. His name is Edward. We love him. He's, he's a strong Christian and helped with us in coordinating our conferences. This is a team of our faculty, not from this recent trip, but from another one. Just to give you an idea, you know, of what it looks like. We have some African guys and ladies and, and us white fellas there and some friends there. And then here they are over there. So just like we did, they're, they're greeting you because they believe they are thankful for Christians in America who send us there. And they're so appreciative of your prayers for them. Isn't that neat? And so, and I just love this. This is just a shot of the room of, of these guys sitting there. They're serious. They're studying. They're listening. They have their notes. They're motivated. So the key word is leaders. Leaders. We have this strong, strong conviction about that. These leaders are so, so important. So here's another conviction that we have. We believe, just like you do here, that the word of God is alive and powerful and it changes lives. Anybody say amen? amen. So our verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for what? Every, Every good work. So we believe that here, and they believe that here, and so this is, this is what it's all about over there. So one of our African friends, John is his name, and he's from Rwanda, and he says that when we come over and we do our conferences, it's like back to the Bible hour, back to the Bible hour, back to the Bible hour, because we're constantly saying, back to the Bible, back to the Bible. This is what we believe. This is what we're teaching you. But we want you to study the Bible on your own and to pray and let God teach you and then go out and teach others as well. And so it's the word of God that has the power that we really want there. This is a diagram from the navigators. It's dated, but it just shows the importance of the Bible. And so we want to learn how to hear the Bible, read the Bible, study the Bible, memorize the Bible, and meditate on the Bible. And it's just Bible. <laughs> you know, we bleed Bible. And, and that's one of our convictions. Amen? Are you with me on that? I know that you believe that as well. So here's uh, in one of the classes, Jan's teaching there, and that's her translator. And what is her name again? Jackie. And you're still in contact with Jackie. This is just a shot of the ladies at one of the conferences. Uh, just notice, again, the very colorful outfits that they have. And uh, just a lot of dedication among the ladies. And, uh, and I love this one. 
Just a shot of a, a pastor sitting there with his Bible. Uh, some of them don't have Bibles even. And sometimes we can take Bibles, but they have their Bibles and often they're, they're very worn like that. Uh, but it's the word of God. Praise the Lord for his word. Amen. So, okay. Should I go on, Paul? Or... <laughs> Here's another conviction that is very, very important to us. We believe that leaders who are extraordinarily devoted to Christ are the ones who become powerful influencers. But the, but the key is what? If they are extraordinarily devoted to Christ. And man, they really are. They really are. The men and women are like that. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And what does it say next? At once, they left their nets and followed him. Man, you know, sometimes God speaks to me and tells me something, and I don't know if I do it at once. Right? I should, and I hope that I do. But, but these men and women, they really do. So they're, they're hungry, hungry, hungry. And, and they show they have an immediate, radical, costly obedience. Immediate. Radical, costly obedience. They know how to suffer much more than us here. We have our issues and our problems, but they live with it moment by moment and day by day. And, and they're faithful. They're full of commitment to the Lord. And they have energetic worship times. We'll maybe show you a, a picture of that in a minute here. And, um, and it's just neat, Right? So one of our first conferences, uh, we were starting a conference with the men, and two of the guys that were supposed to be there didn't make it. And they weren't there for a couple days, and we didn't know what happened to them. We were praying. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the week, they showed up at the conference. They came in. They, their clothes were all tattered. They were sort of disheveled, you know, and just really bad. And they told us, and they stood up before the group of pastors, and they told their story. And they said on the way there, their van got attacked by rebel robbers. And, and the rebels pulled everybody out of the van, pulled them out, made them lay down. They took all whatever little money they had. They took all their extra supplies that they had. And they had their standing there with their rifles, and they were ready to shoot them. And for some reason, they decided not to shoot them. And so they just took all their stuff and left. And, and so these two, the two men that we knew, you know, they looked at each other and said, well, what should we do now? What should we do now? And one guy says, well, we should go on to the conference. That's what God called us to do. Let's don't go back home. Let's go to the conference. And so off they come, and they showed up at this conference in the middle of the conference and told this story. And guess what the response was? The men there stood up, and they cheered, and they praised God. And then we took up a collection, <laughs> a contribution to get them back home afterwards. That's the heart of these men and women most of the time in Africa that we're around. It's just, isn't that a challenge? <laughs> Stephen, that's, just, that's how it is. Man, it's, it's just something. So praise the Lord for that. Let's see what uh, pictures we have here. This, again, is just a group picture of some men, uh, many men there. There are a few whiteies in there. <laughs> I'm way over at the end. Oh. 
side. anybody there that you know? <laughs> I didn't see Jan in there. So really lively, really lively stuff. So uh, very exciting to be part of that. So here's another conviction. Just a, just a short time more. We'll take some. This is a strong conviction that we have that's very common here in the States as well, obviously. The power of God, this power that we're talking about, the power of the word, through people, how does it happen? Well, we believe that it's unleashed by what? By the prayers of God's people. Do you believe that? Do I believe that here in America? We believe it, but not as much. Not as much as they do over there. So, James 5, the prayer of a righteous man is what? It's powerful. It's it's effective. It is so, so effective. So this is a big, strong conviction that our ministry has that is shared here. And there's so many stories that we could tell about this. You, I'm sure you've heard missionary stories before. So you want to hear one, a really good one? Okay, this, this is Africa, but it's not Uganda. It's the, so back in 2019... The African nation of Mozambique was in chaos, and they were in civil war. There were 500,000 refugees fleeing for their lives in this area. And, and God called a team of people to go into Mozambique with a Jesus film. If you're familiar with the Jesus film, Campus Crusade put that out. It's the Gospel of Luke, basically. Psh, word for word, the Gospel of Luke. It's a powerful tool for evangelism all over the world. So they took this film into this village. It was dirty, it was dusty, there was human excrement all over, uh, but mainly the people who were there had, were full of uh, dismay and hopelessness. And so they, God called them there to show this film and share the gospel. And so they went in there. And so they're getting ready to do it. And back in that time, they had a projector, they had a screen. You know, they did it the old time way. And they're setting it up. And when they were setting it up, they began to hear this chanting in the background. The witch doctors in the village were gathered around and they were chanting and they were uh, doing this incantations against what was going on and calling on the evil spirits. And there was actually a spirit of fear that fell upon the whole group there. And, and so the team knew right away that it was spiritual warfare. So the team got together and uh, some other Christians from another ministry, and they prayed. And they went to prayer. They gathered to pray. They just really strong praying. 
And they prayed for three hours. They prayed for three hours, praying that God would bind the power of Satan, that he would pour out his blessings, that he would open the eyes of spiritually blind people. And they joined hands, and they just prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed for three hours. And, and so then finally it began to get dark, and they were ready to try to show this movie. And, and it's the Jesus film. It's the Gospel of Luke. So they're showing the movie, and it goes through the life of Christ, and it comes into the crucifixion. And when it starts showing the scenes of the crucifixion, these people have never seen this before. They've never heard of it before. And they're watching this stuff on there. And, and something unusual began to happen. And they, they had a sense that God was beginning to answer their prayers. Because at that point with the crucifixion, everyone started crying. The men, the women, the kids, and even the team of people that were there to show it. Everybody all of a sudden was moved to, to tears. And they watched Jesus on this film being beaten and going to his crucifixion. And, they, and the weeping became louder and louder. And they were crying out. And so the team just turned off the projector and they went out among the people and began praying with people. And they did that for a, about a half an hour doing that, just praying and praying. And, and so after about 30 minutes, they came back and they restarted the projector. You see, see, they had to see this film. So up to that point, they had only seen that Jesus was crucified and buried. That's all that they had seen. So they showed the rest of the film after that. And all across the audience, they began to wipe the tears from their eyes because they had seen the death and burial of Jesus Christ, but they had not yet seen the resurrection. And so now they were watching the resurrection of Christ and a team member who was interpreting this to the crowd was announcing to him, Jesus died to make payment for our sins, but death could not hold him. And he pointed to the screen when Jesus came out and he shouted with joy. And there he is. He was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead. And when that happened, the crowd exploded as if a dam had burst. Everyone began cheering and dancing and hugging one another and jumping up and down. And so they shared the good news of the gospel and invited people to come to Christ. And almost everybody, they say, the report says, accepted Jesus Christ that day as their Savior and their Lord. All 1,000 people in Mozambique. Amen? And because of the power of prayer of God's people, along with God's word and, and the servants of God who were working. And God did this mighty, mighty thing. Hallelujah, right? You say amen? You say praise God? So anyway, wow, God, give us that. Give us that. Okay. All right here. Where are we? Real quick. Let me move on. Are you okay? If you need to leave, feel free to to uh, get your kids, but we'll take your name back there when you're... <laughs> no. One of the courses I taught one time was on counseling, and, and they, most of the people there, were, again, were pastors and church leaders. And we always ask the question, who's going to pastor the pastors? 
It's a good question. And so these guys were there, and at the end of that session, there was so much hurt and, and suffering being expressed that we uh, encouraged them in a time of praying for each other. And so they're getting together like you saw on those slides, and they're praying. And, and a lot of these guys don't know each other. They're from different areas. They're coming together for the first time. But God's putting on their heart the burden to pray together with other leaders, with other pastors, and to be encouraged in the Lord. And these are the kind of things that God can do in our lives as well. So we thank God for this and the power of prayer. All right, another conviction. This one, again, is not new to us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're talking about that has the power to set people free. Amen? It's the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. That's mostly us, right? Not all, but mostly us. And so the power of the gospel, and we, we love to talk about it. The gospel is like spiritual dynamite. It's like dynamite. It's like a hand grenade. And you pull the plug, and you throw it out there, and it changes people's lives when they receive it by faith. So we talk about that over there. They, they have some of the same issues we do. They have many religions. They have many ways to God, they think. They have a lot of good works in there. So we talk about that salvation is through Jesus alone. It is by faith alone. And it's through grace alone. Alone, alone, alone. And God's gospel is that you and I can have eternal life right now. And forgiveness of sins right now as a gift from God through our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? That's the good news. And so God, I mean, it's here in America, it's over there, it's in China, everywhere, anywhere where this gospel is honored, lives are changed. Just like us, right? Our lives can be changed as well. So we just are thankful for that and thankful. So once again, here's a whole group of men. Their, their lives are changed and you know, when God gets hold of our lives, we can't help but have a desire to use it and change the lives of other people around us. Amen? These are some friends of Jan's. Notice the colorful dresses there. And uh, just, just super, super people. But it's the gospel that changes those lives of men and women. Okay, praise God. That's about it. Let, can I have one more to wrap it up? I don't know what you think about this so far. Maybe you thought, oh, this is better than Sunday afternoon watching the Cubs. <laughs> or the Yankees. <laughs> but this last part is really, really, to me, the important part of this whole morning. Because this is a conviction from God. We all are invited to join God in a powerful move of the Holy Spirit around the world. All of us. All of us here at Riverside. 
And so Acts 1.8 says, but you, us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of what? To the ends of the earth. It is the invitation from God in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, it's not there in the Bible, but I think if you look in between the lines, there's an RSVP in there. It's an invitation. And God's waiting on a response from you and me. So I don't know how that grabs you. How do you how's your life going? How's my life going? Would you like to have a big life? Or are you satisfied with a little life? Have you ever prayed a prayer like Isaiah did, where he said to God, Here am I, send me. Anybody? It's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? Let me give you just a couple facts about that as you are thinking about it. If you study this out, for every dollar that's put into missionary offerings in churches in America, not, not Riverside, but for in general, of every dollar, only four cents goes to missions. And of the four cents, three and a half cents goes to areas that already have churches. You got that? Less than 1% goes to reach the unreached peoples of the world. Only 10% of the foreign missionaries that are going out go to unreached areas. 10%. Now, do you think that this glorifies God? I don't think so. Here's some other facts. As you study these things in these unreached areas like this, you'll find out that every second somebody dies. Every second. They die without ever hearing the name of Jesus one time. One time in their life. Every second. That's one person. Every time your heart beats. Every time your heart beats. Over 80,000 people per day are leaving this world without Jesus Christ. Do you think that that might break the heart of God? Does that not break our hearts as well? And so when we think of our lives, we have to answer this question. How do you like your life? Are you satisfied with a little life in a big world? Praise God if you come to church. (laughs) Praise God if you serve the Lord. But if you're not doing anything in serving the world and helping save the world, then I'm not sure that what we're doing is bringing glory to God. God's invitation to you and me is to come and have a big life. A big life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have that choice to make. The kingdom of God is exploding today. And God is at work. And so in our conferences, we're just very thankful for these opportunities. 
at our end of the conference, we have everybody get together for communion. So this is one of our key African staff members, Bamo. We love him. He can speak eight languages. That's John Rudasumba. John was, a, a, he escaped from the, the uh, genocide in Rwanda in the mid-90s and has great testimony. So here's the, the guys. Here's everybody together, men and women together. We're together for communion because we have one Lord. There's one church. We have one Jesus Christ, and we have one cry. And the cry is, Lord, send me. Send me. And we're having communion together there. It's just a great time of worship and celebration, and it's a powerful send-off. And so there's the communion table. So one time when I was doing the, the message on missions, at the end of the class, I was thinking, you know, I think these guys are really paying attention. They're really motivated. And so I thought, you know, I think God wants me to really give them a challenge. And so I said to them, uh, if God's put on your heart that you want to go back to your home and your ministries and you want to dedicate yourself to fulfilling the Great Commission in the whole world, I'd like for you to just stand up and just declare that publicly here in this place. And I just said that. I, I was on the spur of the moment that I said that, you know, and I don't know what you think. I was amazed because almost everybody in that room stood up and they praised God. And they left with that motivation and that commitment to Jesus Christ. And so that's it for you and me, isn't it? So I don't know what God's calling you to do. I'm, most of the time, I don't even know what he's calling me to do. But I don't know what he's calling you to do. He may be calling you to teach about missions. That's sort of what I'm doing right now. He may be calling you to uh, pray about missions. He may be calling you to send somebody else with your money. But what's the last one? He may be calling you to go. And I'm not God, so I don't know anything, but I don't know if there's anyone here, especially younger people, you know, if there's a tug on your heart about this, then God may be calling you. And he's saying, I want you to go. I want you to go. And whatever the call is, we want to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Amen? Have you prayed that before? Have you ever prayed that in your life? It took me a long time in my life before I, it, it dawned on me that I should pray that prayer. But it's a dangerous prayer. And God We'll answer that prayer. So, hallelujah, right? Sorry for the length of this. The pearl, we started out by saying the pearl of Africa is Uganda. Amen? But I really tricked you. Because the pearl of Africa is not Uganda. The New Testament tells us what the real pearl is. The pearl of great price is Jesus Christ. The pearl of Uganda is Jesus. And the New Testament says that when you hear about Jesus, and when you see Jesus at work, and when you're encountering Jesus, the New Testament tells, go out and sell all you have and buy the pearl of great price by the pearl. And so we hope this morning 
that we all have done that. John says, but as many as received Christ, to them God gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Saved eternally, saved from the power of sin, and saved to be sent for the kingdom of God. Amen? So God bless you. Thank you for your patience this morning. Thanks, Paul, for not kicking me out here this morning. So praise the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for brothers and sisters here this morning. And God, our prayer this morning would be that as we thought of these things, and Lord, it's so convicting in my life as well, that we would not be satisfied with a little life, but we would want a big life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, whatever you're saying to us this morning, would you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to respond, and feet to go. Bless your people, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please stand. <clears throat>